Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello and welcome to Game Over Vancouver. I am your host for the evening. I'm Sam and with me is Jackson McDonald of Roxy Fever, uh, one of the best Canucks podcasts out there. So make sure you go follow Jackson on Twitter and follow Roxy Fever and check it out. Um, how are you doing tonight, Jackson? I am doing pretty good. I uh, just had, this is my third day off before I go back to work and... I am full of like wine and turkey, you know, three days of that. And I was expecting the Canucks and Sharks to like match that energy tonight. Uh, but they they really surprised me and actually gave us like, I guess, as lively as a game as you can expect from these two teams. Yeah, I had to eat my words a bit. I thought the first period was like one of the slower periods I've watched <laughs> in a while it was super long um but if you're joining us now the canucks blow the sharks out six to two uh bo horvat and Ilya makayev both with uh four point nights quinn hughes scores his first goal of the season which was an absolute beauty um and yeah we're gonna jump right back into the recap but first i'm gonna give a quick shout out to our sponsor Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. So if you're joining us tonight, again, the Canucks win 6-2, third straight win. Uh, I'm going to call that low tank awareness. If you've been watching us since the beginning, I have said I wanted the Canucks to lose as many games as possible this season and set an NHL record. They have decided not to listen to me um, and are now one game above 500. Yeah. So well, above NHL 500. Yeah, which yeah. Is one fake, game above but... NHL 500. And... So I wanted to, I just, I'm just going to jump in there. They are not going to break a record uh, for that, but I've been something I've been tracking is uh, so basically I, I took a long time to find because it's not like something you can just Google, but I, I figured out that um, I think it's the 80. It's like the 1981, 82 or 82, 83 uh, Washington Capitals hold the record for most goals by a team that missed the playoffs. Oh, that's amazing. And I think the Canucks might have a chance at that one. That's awesome. Uh, they're a little bit off the pace right now. I think they're on pace for something like 284. Okay. And the record is 319. So it's like okay. possible. I think if they buy at the deadline, uh, they could probably do it. So I'm all in. Let's go. Uh, you know, they could probably, uh, they could probably get a guy who, uh, who, you know, paces for like 20 goals for uh, if they package uh, Hoaglander and uh, 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 put goals in together. So let's do it all in because uh, I want to see them do that. I think that would be very funny. That would be very funny. That That is the only scenario in which I would accept this team buying at the deadline. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. So on the show, we've been like arguing kind of about what the best plan is uh you know for the canucks like long term like what they should do uh because they they seem stuck in this this really uh bad 
you know, mushy middle situation. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a, I guess the, the, the sort of platonic ideal of that sort of team is the like late era, again, Calgary flames where I have they're just said, consistently. I have said for years, Jackson, that oh, yeah. my nightmare is being the Jay Feaster flames. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. that is exactly is what pretty we much are. What they are. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and so we've been kind of discussing how how they can get out of that. And uh, Vias, one of my co-hosts, his plan is that they should just tear tear it all down and trade literally everyone. I think uh, Bu- Buffalo Sabers twenty fourteen or twenty twenty fourteen fifteen Buffalo Sabers style. Yeah. Uh, my plan is like what they should have done when Jim Betting was hired, which is aggressively tear down for maybe like three years, like two or three yeah. years, and then keep a, a couple of good players and then uh, kind of make a bunch of trades and sign a bunch of free agents all at the same time and kind of go for it. And then Elliot, my other co-host, he just thinks they should just go for it now because they're screwed anyways, uh, which is definitely the most funny option. And which is um, definitely what they're doing. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't see, I at this point, I would take that. And I feel like, but I feel like they never, they won't even commit to that. Like they won't even commit to doing the stupid thing that they shouldn't do. They'll, they'll, they'll get, they'll go like 60% of the way there. They just want to Cinderella run it. Yeah. They, they, they want to, you know, like they won't trade Hoaglander and Pud Colson for like a guy (laughs) who's actually good. They'll trade Hoaglander and Pud Colson for like another struggling like 24 year old guy who, who might be good. They'll trade him for like the current uh, equivalent of Sven Beartree or whatever. That's, um, that's perfect. And the same thing with, with if they trade Bo Horvat and I'm sure we'll talk about Bo Horvat later, but like if they trade him, I, I'm, I'm just like, I'm waiting for them to find a way to trade him for a fourth line center and a, and a like number five defenseman. Like they, I, they're going to think that they're getting more than that, but then that's what they're going to end up with. Like, I know this is, this should be funny, but it's like so close to the reality of the last few years that I can't, Yeah, I want to laugh, but I also want to cry. Yeah. I mean, the, not to, not to get, I guess, like too far off the topic or whatever, but when they, when sat, uh, dropped that, that nugget that the, uh, the offer for Miller from the Rangers was basically what everyone thought it was, which yeah. was uh, Lund- Lundquist. Is that the guy's name or Lindquist or something like Lindquist, that? Yeah. Yeah. Lindquist, uh, like fine defenseman prospect or actually pretty, I guess he's in the lineup now and he's playing pretty well, but at the time, like pretty good defense prospect, Philip Heedle and a first. And the hilarious thing is I actually think the Canucks would be better this year if they had made that trade. I think they would be better yeah. off with Philip Heedle than they are with JT Miller. Even and- though Miller has way more points, like Heedle's played way better at even strength. And Miller was terrible tonight. I'm just looking at the natural stack uh, trick page here. And I mean, I'm always on about Miller, but uh, the the Curtis Lazar, JT Miller, Connor Garland line oh, somehow played the most minutes at even strength, which I think calls a lot of things into question and they were uh minus 38 Corsi rel uh every every line on uh 
yeah, every regular line that played tonight uh, had at least 46% Corsi rating at even strength. And the Lazar Miller Garland uh, line had 14.3. <laughs> that's, that's great. I love I that. Would for be the guy, off of <laughs> I love that for the guy who's going to get paid $56 million over the next seven years. That's perfect. The, the guy who signed the most expensive deal in history, who, whose deal hasn't even started yet. And who so is good. apparently not in fact untouchable, but for the fact that they gave him this contract. I mean, yeah, that's, that's like, sort of uh uh just another version of the like oh he didn't get a no trade clause yeah. because his contract is the no trade clause but uh, his contract JT in fact Miller... has no um no move clause and a no trade clause uh, fair fair yeah like... in, in this case but you know they've they've done that with so many guys in yeah. the past yeah and uh yeah uh miller his version of that is he is not an untouchable but his contract makes him exactly untouchable. if you're just joining us i'm here i'm sam i'm here with Jackson from Roxy Fever, make sure you go follow at Roxy Fever at Fails and McDonald on Twitter, follow at SDPN Sports and go retweet the link to the show. Um, we're just getting started. The Canucks beat the San Jose Sharks 6-2 tonight. Third straight win. Um, pretty decent showing. I I thought for me the biggest stories of the game were, and we'll, we'll get back to Bo Horvat in the second segment, but Bo Horvat scoring two goals tonight. He's on pace for 63 Yes. Uh, right up there Amazing. with Connor McDavid and Tage Thompson. <laughs> so that was a great story for tonight. It always is. And I, for me, the other story was obviously Quinn Hughes getting the monkey off his back and scoring that beautiful goal. That makes sense. You but have a different one, don't you? My story of the game is Lane Peterson. Uh, I want to know if this guy is a guy. Because I think he had two points tonight. Yeah. And uh, looked pretty good. And obviously, it's not hard to look good when you play with Elias Pettersson. But I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, you look at how he was playing with the with the Abbey Canucks. And I know he had something like a 36% like shooting percentage or something, something obscene. But if you look at Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvian's history with Pittsburgh, this was kind of what they were good at was finding these, you know, mid twenties, AHL players or like guys who were like really old guys in college or whatever, and uh, picking them up out of obscurity and turning them into like anything from like 13th, 14th forward can play, you know, 30 to 50 games a year. Or uh, be randomly a, a guy who scores like 60 points with Sidney Crosby or whatever. And so I want to know if Lane Peterson, you know, when we look back in a couple years, like, is he, you know, man, it's there's such a dearth of uh, examples of this type of guy uh, in recent Canucks history. But like, I want to know if he's like Alex Burroughs, which he's not, but no. that's just the only example I could think of. Uh, or if he's like Jason King or yes. uh, Ronald Kennens or somebody like that. Um, but he's he's been pretty good so far. I think he's got, uh, if he had two points tonight, I think that means he's got like four points in five games or something. So yeah, he's uh, been, he's looked pretty good. He's been pretty good. You also just got to love having Peterson play with Pedersen because it's, 
not confusing enough. And then once the World Juniors are done, let's just throw the other Elias Pettersson uh, in and absolutely. just make it as confusing as possible for everyone. That needs to that needs to happen. And I uh, I'm pretty sure I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure Cal Peterson is a bad guy, and they shouldn't get him. But also, it would be funny if they did. And then just also like Marcus Marcus Pettersson. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Just they play could ice, all of like them. an almost entire uh, yeah. lineup, like starting lineup. Of that should be our other Patterson goal for the season. Yeah, score more, score the most goals by a team that misses the playoffs, yeah. and ice an entire starting lineup of guys basically named Peterson. Yeah. All right, I like it. Um, in the chat, we have someone saying, "A first for Miller." Are you effing kidding me? Why didn't they ship him out? <laughs> Can't answer that yeah. question because I don't they know. They were going to get more for him than they traded for him. Yeah. Do you know how insane that is? Like, they traded a first-round pick for this guy, that which they absolutely should not have done. And I feel like I've been totally vindicated on that point because they have done absolutely nothing since they acquired him. And, you know, it probably kept them from bottoming out for a couple more years because he did play so well, especially in his first season here. And what they should have done was sell high. <laughs> and then they could have traded him for more than they gave up, which is the the dream for if you make a stupid move like that that you shouldn't make. And then they didn't do it. And then they signed him to the most expensive deal in team history. And it hasn't even started yet. Yeah, but Jackson, he scored like 99 points last season. So obviously your tweet was wrong. Okay, well, so, okay. But here's the thing. So, so he scored 99 points last season. Bo Horvat's going to like, you know, score. He's going to become like second all time to Gretzky yeah. in goals scored in the season. This season, this is going to happen again with Elias Pettersson next year. Oh, absolutely! He's going to win like the Art Ross. He's going to yeah. score like 150 points, and they're going to have to make him the highest paid player in the league. Yeah. And they're going to have to do it because he's the one guy that they can't lose yeah. for this whole like project to to exist you know if, if they lose Pedersen then it has to be a hard restart because you have yeah. there's nothing there's holding nothing this thing up yeah. anymore. I mean but, I think I've been relatively on the record about this saying like constantly making fun of people who said last season that JT Miller is their best player and not Elias Pedersen uh, which most of the time I laugh at until I remember that the people who think that include Canucks management <laughs> Yeah, I mean, probably not anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, they did both say that a, a bunch of times, which yeah. was kind of the the first sign of trouble for me. Yeah, was hearing them call him their their best player. You know, he's not even their best. Like, what is he exactly? Is he a center he's a or a winger? winger? I don't. He's, I mean, I think he's I, he's a winger who wants to be a center. <laughs> Yeah, I, or who I, believes he's a center? I mean, I was uh, I, I was saying uh, earlier today that uh, he can't be their best winger because he's too busy being their fourth best center. I enjoy that uh, one immensely. And I said that, and I was like, okay, well, who's their third best center? And I think I gotta say, he hasn't played there yet. But based on what I've seen through five games, it might be Lane Peterson. <laughs> um, they should try him at center. I've I've been thinking really about this. Should. They should try Lane Peterson at center, and they should try uh, somebody, just one of their right wingers. I think Connor Garland. They should switch Connor Garland and Tyler Myers 
I was going to say, try, why not just try Tyler Myers at center? <laughs> just try. Well, try Tyler Myers as a forward and then try, uh, uh, try Connor Garland as a, as a defenseman. More teams should do this if their team is not we very good. This. I like just, this. Just, you know, mix it up. Yeah. They should, maybe they, maybe they can find a way to like make Oliver Ekman Larson a fourth line, <laughs> uh, winger or something, uh, so that he can just play less because he needs to play less. On, on the topic of centers. Um, let's switch into our second segment and I want to hear, I want to hear from the chat on this as well. Our second segment has to be about Bo Horvat. Like I said earlier tonight, Horvat scores two more goals tonight. Uh, pass it to Bulis. Daniel Wagner tweeted that he is on pace for 63 goals this season. It is a contract year. He is, uh, obviously the hand chosen successor to the Sedins and very likely going to get shipped out. (laughs) 63 goals would be the most ever by a Canuck in a season, right? I think so. I think that's right. Because Pavel Bure holds the record, I think, with 60. Yeah. That would be very funny. Uh, I would enjoy that that, immensely. That's what that feels like what this team does is like they just break records held by way better teams. But then they're they have like a, a below real 500 record. And yeah, I mean, Bo Horvat. I think I, I believe I heard John and John say that he is uh, within uh, spitting distance of passing Thomas Gradian for like eighth all time and Canucks points, which is so depressing because they haven't been good since his first since his rookie year, basically. Yep. And even then, their claims of being good were pretty dubious. Uh I love the I love the Bo Horvat storyline because it's like you know, you kind of want to be positive after a game like tonight. They're they're over five hundred. You know you can always count on the Canucks beating up on one of the worst teams in the league to prevent themselves from looking like one of the worst teams in the league. In fairness, like, I actually thought they might lose this game because they typically blow games that they should easily win. You know. I I headed into this game and I was prepared to talk about how like the Canucks and Sharks are like at least not so much uh, in terms of roster construction, but in terms of quality, like basically the same team. And then I watched this game and I was like, actually, no, the the Sharks are much worse. The Sharks are much worse. (laughs) They're they're pretty bad. Uh, But, you know, like the the Bo Horvat thing is great because it's simultaneously a positive storyline. They have this guy scoring at this historic pace. And also the second you look at it deeper, you take like a, like one deeper uh, look into it for, for even half a second. It's just like, Oh, this guy's uh, this guy's, they're going to have to trade him. Like they can't resign him because they already did the, they already did this. They already went through this with JT Miller and, and that's who they chose. And I mean, they probably should have chose neither realistically, but I do kind of have to think that, you know, if you had to pick one, you probably pick Bo Horvat just because he's the captain and he can actually play center. And this game, I don't know, might age less but poorly than Miller. I don't know. That's a tough one. But I wrote, a, I wrote this article like three years ago now, I think, called the Canucks spent their money on the wrong players at the wrong time. You should update that. And at the, yeah. So at the time I was talking about um, losing how they lost it uh, when they lost all four of those guys in the same summer, Stetcher, 
Toffoli, Markstrom, and Tanev. And also Josh Leva, uh, most importantly. Uh, and, you know, they lost out on those four guys because they had spent all this money on basically, you know, Erickson, Beagle, and Roussel, who they eventually ended up shipping out for OEL. And the, the point that I was trying to make with it was basically that, you know, signing legacy contracts for other teams is what can prevent you from signing your own legacy contracts when you'd be justified to do it. Yep. Like Chris Tanev would still probably be this team's best right-handed defenseman. All due respect to Ethan Bear. Yeah. Uh, you know, Markstrom, I think they made the right call. I think Markstrom was the right call. To Foley? They absolutely should have re-signed to Foley. Yeah, and he wanted re-signing to stay to... Re-signing to Foley like, would have meant they don't have to go out and get Connor Garland or they could trade Brock Besser when he was actually still worth something, even though he had a goal tonight. Uh, and yeah, you could pretty much copy paste everything that I said about Erickson, Beagle and Roussel and just replace it with OEL and Miller yeah. who both make more money than either of those guys, than like all of those guys did combined. Uh, this is uh, taking a very depressing turn for a night where the Canucks win 6-2. Anyways, weren't we supposed to be talking about Bo Horvath? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were going to talk about great. Bo Horvath. Having a career year, um, the Canucks must be really good. Uh, Nanya in the chat says, complex answer, even if Horvat hits 60 goals, he's a historic 50-point player. For the love of God, sell high. I, and I, I think that's right. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, I think Jackson's earlier take is right. They should have traded both Miller and Horvat in a reasonable world where, where they had a longer-term plan. Um, and weren't just like, hey, in a 99 point season, let's just pay him now and not think about who else we got to sign down the road. Um, but yeah, I think well, my issue isn't so much that they that they shouldn't trade Horvat; it's that they decided to sign Miller, but not yeah. Horvat. Yeah, no, they they should sell they should sell high on Horvat. They should have sold high on Miller. Oh, Yerky with the with the stat. Oh. Bo Horvat's adjusted game for 82 average of six goals in each game is a 57 goal pace. And Burry's best year as a Canuck adjusted was 55. Whoa, <laughs> that's wild. Uh, I think I, I will say I, I think we're we're in a weird period, though, in NHL history where all our uh, all our kind of data assumptions are way out of whack because of the the two new expansion teams yeah i think it's kind of that it's kind of forwards having that leap forward that uh no pun intended that goalies took like maybe 10 years ago and then also perhaps partly uh the sort of bizarre um circumstances around having two seasons that happened during a global pandemic but uh, that is still really impressive. Um, okay, last question. Like, on... Sorry, okay, fin- yeah. go, go ahead, finish that. No, I was just going to say, as far as trading Horvat is concerned, like, yeah, they should do it, but I, I'm i just skeptical that they're actually going to be any better off for doing it because, um, well, two reasons. One, they're saying they want guys who can help them now, which is just you never win that those he is the guy who can help them now exactly like you never when you when you try to get guys who can help you now that's how you end up making the kessler trade basically which you know if you don't then do even more stupid things to make the return ultimately worse 
probably doesn't look that bad in retrospect. I mean, they could probably use Jared McCann right now. Um, so, yeah, there's that element to it. And then on the other hand, there's, you know, perhaps even more importantly, like, I just don't. I, I, what am I trying to say here? I, I, I guess, like, I don't see them doing anything like they're just going to move on from Horvat and then immediately, whether it's in a trade or, or in free agency or whatever, they're just going to immediately chase uh, like a guy who can fill that role right now. Um, and I, uh, I, I, I don't know, man, it's just, it all just seems bad. <laughs> what can you say? Like they, they have this guy scoring at this historic pace. This should be, a home run in one way or another. It should be yeah. either a home run because it helps them, you know, get into the playoffs and make some noise or whatever. Or, you know, they can move on from him, net a bunch of futures, get a little bit of cap space, and then maybe that cap space could help them move off of OEL or Miller or something, like if you get creative. But they're not going to do that. No. They're just going to keep doing whatever this is. No, they're, they're one game above NHL 500. And so you you just know that the switch from the tone of earlier this season is now going to be pushed for the playoffs. And that was that was the that reminds me of the other thing that I was that I was going to say, and then I sort of lost my train of thought, which is that the the Canucks now like twice with Benning and uh, Rutherford Alvey, and now like this is maybe getting uh, slightly galaxy brand here, but they keep hiring these guys who were successful in the Eastern conference. And they've kind of done it with players too, a little bit like who they've targeted, like McKayev yeah. and stuff. He's having a good year. We'll see how that ages. Uh, but where I just think like this has happened a couple, this is, this happened before with Benning and it's happened with Rutherford now too, where I think they come out here and they think they're going to get play the Leafs three times a year plus returns for their players and it doesn't work that way. No. Everybody's asleep when the Canucks play. Everybody who matters doesn't watch their games, especially when they're bad. So I just I, I think they they, they kind of got caught with their pants down a little bit with Miller thinking like, oh, we're going to get you know this huge return or whatever. And then they did. <laughs> they did. Exactly. But they're thinking, no, 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 we should get more. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Maybe yeah. if maybe in Pittsburgh. Maybe, maybe when you play the, maybe in Toronto, maybe if you play Toronto five times a year or whatever, but not out here, not where nobody cares. And and this is a, a thing that bears out like all along the West coast, like Anaheim and San Jose and LA have had trouble getting fair value for their players. Yeah. Uh, like their big players too, before in the past. And uh, I just, I think it's going to happen with Horvat again. I think they're going to, they're going to wait too long. Like they're not ready to trade him now. I, I, I guarantee you. They're going to wait too long and they're going to be unimpressed with the offers they get in February and who knows what's going to happen. I I'm still not convinced that they aren't going to find a way to, to do the JT Miller thing all over again and find a way to clear space and re-sign him for a deal that is like, well, that's bad, but it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. That still ends up being terrible, like a, a year later or whatever. When they have to sign Elias Patterson. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Okay, 
Let's switch to our third topic. If you're here oh, with yeah. us, thanks for joining us. The Canucks win 6-2 tonight and beat the San Jose Sharks. They're now 16-15 and one. No, three. 16-15 and three. Um, third segment. We are going to talk about the two teams tonight who are currently in sixth and seventh in the Pacific and whether you would rather be the Canucks right now or the Sharks right now. Yeah. So I want to, I want to preface this by saying that like the Sharks feel like out of all the other teams in the NHL. And I know people will, people talk about Buffalo a lot because they're, they're expansion cousins. I can see the similarities, but I think it's, I, I think while they're similarly cursed, they're cursed in very different ways. Uh, I think the Sharks are kind of like the most Canucks team in the league, probably right now, and and also historically, out of maybe any other team in NHL history. And and when you look at their team right now, especially, like if you think of like a movie that has a, a multiverse in it or whatever, which I think is like 90% of movies yeah. now. Um the sharks are like when when you get to the the point in the multiverse movie where uh they the the main guy meets like 20 other versions of him from different universes or whatever and there's like you know maybe like three or four main other versions of them that are there that actually do stuff and then there's like 15 in the background that are all just like what if this guy had a mustache or like what if this guy lived underwater and they're not developed at all they're just kind of there to illustrate how there's a there's millions of them or whatever and the sharks feel like one of those background with a mustache like multiverse versions of the canucks because like they have a bunch of old guys that they're paying too much they have no identity that stems largely from like losing the best player and their the best players in their team history and like not really committing to a rebuild nick benino is just there kind of for some reason they have a guy named Megna who's playing way too high up in the lineup. Uh, they have Jonah Gajevich, which is funny. Um, Eric yeah, Carlson. I don't know. They, yeah. You, you gotta like, have Eric Carlson. Well, and yeah, like the Eric Carlson thing is really funny because that's that rhymes with the Canucks because like he's he's also uh, uh, he's on the one hand like a very good uh, puck moving defenseman, but he's way older than Quinn Hughes. Yeah. And then he's also a Swedish guy who's far and away the best guy on the team. But he's, once again, like way older uh, than Elias Pettersson is. But So like it, like, like I said, it kind of, it rhymes. It, rem, they, it, it just, everything about them sort of reminds me of the Canucks in some way, but it's sort of like a scrambled version of, of a bunch of different eras, uh, especially, especially having a Megna, playing yeah, with we their do. best player like there's a good point in the weird. chat that i gotta throw at you okay yeah. uh, shoeshine says i don't know how you say the sharks haven't committed to a rebuild when all their good players are being held in the minors so they can lose more games <laughs> i mean maybe that's true i don't know uh isn't that isn't that like half true about the canucks though too like, i don't feel like the canucks is intentional though no it's well i <laughs> like, mean accidental who cares, though like <laughs> you know i mean intentional or not uh i i i'm I'm starting to think that that, you know, 
teams becoming good is not as intentional maybe as yeah as people think like i think a lot of teams just get good kind of uh by accident or through luck or whatever so yeah There's i don't know i for mean for sure luck to it um I, I, i've said if before they were committed to a rebuild why did they just re-sign uh like thomas hurdle to a, a million a bajillion years and a million bajillion dollars you know i will say of the three teams at the bottom of the pacific despite being dead last i think anaheim is actually doing it right like you have just enough fun with yeah. zegris and terry to entertain fans but you're well, just consistently losing they're doing it right because they might get connor bedard exactly and if they do he'll probably stay there yeah unlike if like he but imagine having Arizona. terry zegris and bedard like that yeah, is a fun good. team to watch I would like that. I'd like to have. I would like that a lot. I like. Sorry, I don't actually want to be the Canucks or the Sharks. I want to be the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, fair. That's that's fair. You know, I mean, I think you know we'll have to kind of see how it develops. I think I just lost you for a second. We're having some technical difficulties. Had some technical difficulties. You cut out for a second. Oh, man. I think you're Getting back. Connection is unstable. Thing. I think I think okay. you're you're like faking it so you can avoid my question. No, no. Oh, okay. Uh, I really close close as far as who you would be because. The Sharks have think backs like their bad contracts are just than the Canucks. Eric Carlson, I, I'm not even this is a. I, oh man, um, Jax, I don't know if you can hear me, but you are super cutting out. Um, so apologies just, to everyone who's. Here. We're just going to take five seconds and see if this works. All right. If you're like me, you have a uh, frozen Jackson on the screen. Um, I can leave and come back. I think he's leaving and coming back. We are waiting on tenderhooks to see if uh, Jackson would rather be the Sharks or the Canucks. And in the meantime, I'm going to say that I think my answer was the best one. I think I would rather be the Ducks than than the Sharks or the Canucks, because at least they're having fun. Although I guess I will say tonight, tonight was pretty fun. Uh, notwithstanding the fact that we are not in the Bedard sweepstakes anymore. Yerky says the internet doesn't work as well on the island because each bite of data has to take the ferry. That is a great point. I don't know That's if you missed that. True, yeah, actually, like our internet is terrible here. It's because Yerky says each each bite of data has to take the ferry. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised, and pay way too much money, and get bad food. Anyways, I won't go on about that. But okay, Sharks versus Canucks. Who would what you I was rather gonna be? say before before weird things happened? Is uh, like I think the the Sharks have worse contracts. Like, their bad contracts are worse than the Canucks' bad contracts. Oh, that's depressing. But 
you know, on one hand, like Eric Carlson's contract, I think is mostly just bad because of the team that he's on. Like if he was on a team and he was doing this and they were like a contender, I don't think you really care that you're paying him like a, uh, like $12 million for the next 10 years or whatever it is. Uh, I also think that Mark Edward uh, Vlasic, he is pretty close to Roby Da Island territory. Like, I think you can make him disappear pretty soon. I literally forgot he was playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a bad that, That's a bad one. And then the other bad one is Logan Couture. Yep. That, that contract is so bad. I don't I even know how that happened. I finished the game happened. tonight and was like, I couldn't say a single thing about Logan Couture. Oh, man. That's... Logan Couture is uh, is JT Miller in three years. Oh, God. Um, except Logan Couture actually plays center. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that would make you think that it would be worse to be San Jose. But at the same time, I think all their mid-tier guys are easier to move off of and, uh, like, better and cheaper and so for the for the first stage of the rebuild where you're it, you know if we assume these teams are going to rebuild or san jose is going to rebuild or whatever for the first stage of the rebuild you've kind of got all these like middling parts that you can strip down and move and then wait a couple years until your really bad contracts get more movable to like arizona or you know you just make them disappear like stefan robida uh style um and then I also think like Eric Carlson, I mean, he's rebuilt his value at this point. Don't you think Absolutely. like they can yeah. probably remove him. So then, then you're really just looking at Couture whose deal is really bad, but is less long than JT Miller's and uh, Vlasic who, you know, used to make him disappear. Um, and then I think at that point, you know, I also think the sharks are worse right now, so they're going to get a better draft yeah. pick. You Absolutely. know, they might actually land in the Connor Bedard's, sweepstakes like they're bad enough to do that uh at the same time the canucks definitely seem at least on paper like maybe if you were really 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 smart you could find you could figure out a way to turn it around quickly and kind of make a go of it but i just between the ownership and then just the general average uh creativity and intelligence of uh, general managers and presidents and such across the league. Like, I just don't really see that happening. I think uh, they're just going to be the Jay Feaster Flames. In yeah, I think like David Poyle in in Nashville is really the only guy who's like pulled that off. Yeah, like taking the consistently mediocre to okay team and turning them into a contender just by like making a bunch of trades that all you know where you won every single one of them somehow um except for maybe the except for maybe that uh that hornquist trade i don't know yeah that's probably debatable but yeah uh i just yeah it so seems like there's no way out all right so are you picking the sharks <laughs> i think i am which feels terrible oh man to say I, but i think it's all it's all sort of dependent on like that's that's what i'd rather have to yeah, work with that's fair but I also think like I have not really very much more uh, faith that they'll 
pursue a rebuild than I do with the Canucks. So like yeah. if I'm rebuilding, I take the worst team with the contracts that aren't as long. Yeah. But if I'm if I'm assuming that both of these teams are gonna try to do the Canucks thing of, you know, retool on make the fly. Some trades and try to retool on the fly and get good, then I think the Canucks are closer to doing that than the Sharks. But I'm that's also a, not convinced that's that that's possible to do. Uh Nanya says they would take the Coyotes over the Canucks and Sharks too. There's hope for the future. Although I will point out that the Coyotes beat the Colorado Avalanche tonight in a oh, stunning wow. move of what we call low tank awareness. Yes. I think the Coyotes are just completely screwed because they will never escape just being the team that takes on low real salary and high cap hits. Yeah. Um, and is like the place where everyone stores their, their terrible players. Cause like they were doing this in the Connor McDavid year. Yeah. And they're still doing it now. Oh yeah. Okay. They, last... they, they, they went, they went all the way through one Connor to another Connor. It's incredible. And they're still bad. Like they're still like maybe worst team in the league bad. Yeah. I mean, when you can go from one general generational player to the next, that's yeah. an entire wasted generation. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's an, and that's another thing too, is like, then, then you have, you can consider things like ownership or whatever, in which case then I'm definitely taking the sharks yeah. out of those three teams. Cause I think they have the least uh, stupid and evil owner. Stupid for sure. Evil. We'll see. Debatable. Um, debatable. Shoeshine but... says, last comment yeah. of the night, Shoeshine says, the sure. Sharks are at least really good for a long time and are paying for it now. Canucks have been bad for a while and will continue to be bad for a while. Both teams suck to be fans now. But that's true. The Sharks yeah. uh, The Sharks were good for a lot longer yeah. than the Canucks were, and they were good a lot more recently. But it is, so. like to your point earlier, it is kind of one of the most Canucky feelings where it's like they were really good for so long and every year i thought this has to be the sharks here they've got to win the cup yeah. and it just never happened yeah uh best player uh is a guy who passes a lot you know best player in team history or whatever really good for a long time terrible luck in the playoffs uh have a magna on their team yeah there's a lot of similarities it's there's pretty a lot incredible of, you know non-superficial similarities it's pretty incredible all right, everyone, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, the Canucks win their third game in a row, 6-2 over the San Jose Sharks. Uh, thanks to Jackson for joining us. Again, go check him out on Twitter, at Failson McDonald, and also at Roxy Fever. Uh, he's recording tonight. One of his co-hosts, Vias, is in <laughs> Switzerland for the Spengler Cup, so make sure you check that out uh, when it comes out later this week. The only team Canada I care about. Fair. Spengler Cup, baby. Fair. Um, all right, everyone, thanks so much for joining us and we will see you next game.